This is the In Focus podcast from The Hindu. Welcome to the In Focus podcast. My name is Jayan Sriram and I'm your host for today. In this episode, we discuss the political situation in Israel where Benjamin Netanyahu Israel's longest-serving prime minister may finally be on his way out. Eight political parties, from the right-wing Yamina to the Arab-majority Ram, have come together to form a new coalition, which, if it proves its majority in the Israeli parliament, could oust Mr. Netanyahu, who has been in power since 2009. So why did this coalition come together at this time? Who are its members? And what options does Netanyahu have before him as things move forward? We discuss these questions today with the Hindu's international affairs editor, Stanley Jordan. Stanley, welcome to the podcast once again. It's good to have you back with us. Thank you, Jayant. Right. So in this episode, we're discussing the future of Benjamin Netanyahu, Israel's longest serving prime minister. He's been in power since 2009. But he might finally be on his way out, uh, which is because of a new political coalition that's coming together, which, if it proves its majority in the Israeli parliament, could mean the end for Mr. Netanyahu. So, first first of all, Stanley, tell us a little bit about this coalition. Why is it coming together now? See, uh, Jayant, Israel, we know that Israel went to four elections in the last two years. That's too much even for Israel. Israel's political landscape is... Uh, it's fractious, fragmented. But even for Israel, four elections in two years was, you know, were too much. And if there is no government being formed at this time, and Netanyahu was ready for that, Israel is going to go into another round of elections. That would be five elections in two, two and a half years. Uh, so that's the game maybe Netanyahu is playing because he failed to form the government. And then because, uh, you know, uh, his party, Likud party, is the single largest party in the Knesset now, right now, after the 2021 elections. So the president asked him to form the government first, but he failed to do it because he doesn't have enough numbers. Even if you put together all the coalition, right-wing, right-religious parties together, they don't have 61 votes in the parliament. So you need 61 MKs, members of the Knesset, uh, to form the government. Uh, then the president asked the leader of the second largest party. The second largest part, party is Yesh Atit. Its leader is uh, Yer Lapid. So Yer Lapid has 17 uh, members of the Knesset. So the president asked him. And then since then, uh, you know, Lapid has been trying to form the government. You see, last year, after the third elections, <clears throat> last year, Netanyahu's party again became the single largest party and then he managed to form a unity government with the opposition politician Benny Gantz, who's the leader of this centrist blue and white party. So it was basically Netanyahu's right-wing uh, coalition in which uh, Mr. Uh, Benny Gantz also joined. He, his blue and white is a centrist party and then, then, then they formed this government but that government didn't last long. The government collapsed in December. 
then pushing the country into another round of election and after this election again no party got a majority on its own so it is this inability of mr netanyahu to you know form a stable government uh, in the last two years the country going back to elections again and again it was against this context that yer lapet is putting together you know a broad diverse coalition basically an anti netanyahu coalition uh, to form the government so if you look at uh, you know the coalition members yes at this center's party mr lapet's party and then lapet has joined hands with uh, naftali bennett naftali bennett is a right winger his party is yamana which has seven mks and naftali bennett himself was earlier part of jewish home which is a far right party so he split with jewish home and then founded yamana yamana is a pro secular party and according to the agreement between uh, bennett and uh, lapet bennett could become the prime minister which means leader of a party that has only six that has only seven mks in the 120 member knesset and of the seven one mk has already said that he won't be backing the government so practically he has the support of seven mks so with the backing of seven mks mr bennett could become the prime minister that's what we are seeing now but basically what brought together all these parties you know uh basically it is uh, their common goal to see netanyahu go right so um, as i mentioned in the first question uh, netanyahu has been in power since 2009 um you know at this point while he while he might be on the verge of an exit what what can we say right now sandy about how popular he is i mean israel has just been in a recent conflict with uh, with gaza so yeah. you know has that also is that also a factor uh, that we should be keeping in mind here um see uh, let's look at it this way netanyahu is a uh, you know he is he is a popular politician of course uh, because uh, likud remains a powerful force likud under his leadership even in the 2021 election likud became the single largest party but he is not popular enough to form a government you know there is a difference between popularity and enough popularity to form a government the problem is that uh, netanyahu's uh, likud netanyahu has been dominating israeli politics for the last say 12 years he's been a domineering presence over israel's fractious political landscape but i think that ability is receding his ability to shape political outcome is receding because i will uh, you know specify a couple of reasons one is of course his inability to form the government after repeated elections so that has shaken his grip over the likud party because basically netanyahu's government is a right wing government he is you know he was rallying together all the right wing parties let's say there are there is shas united torah judaism and then uh, these are religious parties uh, and then uh, um, uh, the jewish home and uh, you have uh, a secular right wing party like uh, avigdor lieberman's party uh, which is israel betenew israel betenew was uh, an ally of uh, netanyahu's likud until 2 years ago but recently netanyahu saw that uh, Uh, many of uh, his proteges or the leaders who his allies deserting him for example uh, avigdor lieberman he was a minister in netanyahu's government now he is with lapet 
And then uh, uh, you see the Yamina founder, Naftali Bennett himself, he was part of Netanyahu's coalition. And then he is now a challenger. And Benny Gantz, Benny Gantz is the defense minister in the current government, the government that fell. And Benny Gantz right. is also now with Yesh uh, uh, Atit, with, with uh, Air Lapid, Air Lapid's coalition. So uh, what is happening is that while Netanyahu remains popular, well, you have to see that popularity in the larger context where, you know, it matters only if you are able to form a government. You rally, you are able to rally your right-wing allies and form a government. He is not able to do that. He was able to do that earlier. So he maintained his tight, tighter grip on Israel's politics. But that was kind of diminishing for the last two years. So Netanyahu also knows that. So uh, let's look at the recent Gaza conflict. I think... Uh, uh, when the conflict happened, uh, when it broke out, there was a narrative that Netanyahu was instigating it for his own political survival. I don't know how far it is true because we don't know what actually happened. But we know certain things. What we know is that, yeah, uh, uh, the Israeli government was becoming, in Jerusalem, it was becoming, uh, you know, it was taking a harder line towards the Palestinians who were living uh, in East Jerusalem, in Sheikh Jarrah. Uh, against the Arab families who were living there. They were facing evictions. And in East Jerusalem, the Israeli troops were becoming more and more aggressive against the protesters. So those were the tactics the government were using. Maybe uh, Netanyahu was using those tactics to send a message to the public that he is the best case for the Israelis. He is the toughest guy for the Israeli public. But uh, what Hamas actually seized on this opportunity and then fired rockets into Israel, triggering an all-out war. Uh, an all-out fighting between the Israelis and and Hamas that you know lasted for 11 days. Whether it helped Netanyahu, I don't think it did. Why? Because uh, uh, after 11 days of fighting, Netanyahu had to accept a ceasefire. He came under enormous international pressure, pressure from Washington. Joe Biden had issued a public statement on the 10th day of the conflict, asking for a significant de-escalation. So he said that he wanted a de-escalation today. Uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a statement. And then there were protests across the world, especially in Western countries, and uh, the high casualty of Palestinian citizens turned the heat on the Israelis. And Hamas also, Hamas fired 4,000 rockets in 11 days. Last time Hamas fired 4,000 rockets in seven, seven weeks, in 50 days. So uh, politically or militarily, the conflict, I think, didn't help Netanyahu at all. And at home, among the right-wing allies, Netanyahu faced a criticism because this right-wing party said that Netanyahu surrendered to Hamas when he accepted the ceasefire. So whatever the possibility he had of forming a government that collapsed, I think, with the Gaza operation. Right, all right. That's really interesting. And Stanley, just one more question about, about Benny Gantz, who you mentioned earlier. He was supposed to sort of take over the prime ministership after a period of time. Um, so, you know, now that he's part of this co this larger coalition, is that a kind of a step down for him? Uh, I think uh, Benny Gantz realized that he made a mistake by parting ways with Yair Lapid and joining hands with Netanyahu last year. Because in the last year's election, Gantz and Lapid fought the election together under the blue and white umbrella. And Lapid, I think, appears to be a much more, you know, mature politician because he allowed Benny Gantz to take the lead last year. Lapid's uh, uh, game plan was to project Gantz as the next prime minister. And then Benny Gantz was trying to put together a coalition. But he couldn't put together a coalition because 
last time the arab parties were ready to back the benny gangs coalition but then avigdor lieberman who is a secular right winger nationalist lieberman said that he can't sit with the arab parties in the same government so gangs didn't get enough numbers which is 61 mks to form the government and then when he didn't get enough numbers what he did maybe to get power or to be part of the government he split with lapid and then he joined hands with netanyahu he became a minister hoping that he could become prime minister sometime but you see uh, uh, lapid lost all the goodwill so sorry gans lost all the goodwill since then where whereas on the other side lapid as the opposition leader gained some more and then uh, you see uh, this coalition collapsed it was bound to fall and this coalition collapsed in uh, december 2020 Uh, and then lapid and then benny gans realized that it was a bad move to join hands with uh, netanyahu was a bad move and then he finally he actually he split with netanyahu he came back to the uh, lapid coalition so that's what we are saying you look at the coalition now there are eight parties so uh, the biggest party is uh, uh, lapid's uh, yeshatid party and then you have benny gans blue and white you have uh, uh, yamana party of uh, naftali bennett which is a right wing pro settler party and then you have new hope which is led by a former likud member that is also a right wing party uh, and then you have labor and merits these two are center left parties you know merits is a social democratic party and labor is ben gurion's party and then you have uh, interestingly you have ram ram is the united arab list which is an arab party that have four mks so it is a diverse coalition ranging from pro far right pro settler parties to an arab party this is the first time in the 73 years of israel's history that an arab party being part of a formal coalition this is a historical development in that sense right yeah can you actually that's uh, that's really interesting point can you just uh, uh, tell us more about this uh, the, the the arab party that's part of the coalition Uh, i think uh, yeah the the shared goal is that both the arab party as well as uh, you know uh, whether uh, whether it is lapid or naftali bennett they all want to see netanyahu go that is the shared goal uh, but at the same time you see the arab politics of israel 20% of israeli population uh, are arabs palestinian arabs uh, so uh, they have now two predominant political factions one is the joint list and the other is the united arab list so joint list has i think 6 uh, mks and the united arab list has 4 mks last year they fought together and they won up to 15 seats at one point of time then they split then uh, ram ram is uh, the uh, united arab list the hebrew acronym uh, it it's in 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 the hebrew acronym it's called ram so uh, ram uh, uh, is considered to be more conservative than the joint list so ram split from the joint list and contested the 2021 elections alone and then they won four mks so what now happened was that uh, during the talks were on that was before the gaza fighting uh, actually lapid was uh, you know uh, open to the idea of joining hands with the arab parties but during the gaza fighting we saw that there were uh, riots between arab mobs and jewish vigilantes that had kind of scuttled the plan of uh, lapid bringing together arab parties and jewish parties 
but then uh, after the fighting was over, after the ceasefire was over, again the government formation, coalition formation efforts gained momentum and Arab parties actually came together. But here the joint list has said that they won't be supporting. But then uh, the United Arab List, Ram, which is the more conservative faction among the Arab parties, they came together. And interestingly, uh, you would see a kippah-wearing religious Jew, uh, Naftali Bennett, forming a government with help from, with support from an Arab party for the first time in the history of Israel. Right. Okay. Uh, so, Sandy, what, what happens next now? I mean, this coalition has been formed. Uh, what are the next steps in order for them to kind of prove their majority in the Israeli parliament? Yeah. Uh, prove their support? Yeah. It is, it, is, it is still too early to say that this coalition will sail through because right now, Lapid has claimed that he has the support of 61 MKs, which is a razor-thin majority. 61 out of 120 member Knesset. Uh, but if you put all MKs together, of all the eight parties, there are 62 MKs. But one of the Yamina MK has already said that he won't be supporting. And another Yamina MK has expressed his doubts and Netanyahu was trying to reach out to him. Uh, and then uh, if, you know, when the voting actually happens uh, in parliament, if any of these MKs vote against the government, the government could fall. Because just 61, they can't afford to lose even one MK to vote against them. So Netanyahu is targeting the right-wing MKs. There are two right-wing parties in the coalition. One is Yamina and the other is New Hope. Because the other MKs are all united in united by their anti-Netanyahu sentiment. He knew that he won't get others to turn against him, the centrists or the left-wingers or the Arabs. So that he is targeting the right-wingers of Yamina and New Hope. Uh, so what will happen? Let's say that one Yamina MK or two Yamina or one MK voting against the government, even if they abstain, the government will sail through. But if they are voting against the government, this government would fall, which means the country would go to another round of elections. And if it goes to another round of elections, Netanyahu, being the prime minister, would remain the prime minister in a caretaker capacity. The president would ask him to continue until the next elections are held and the next government is formed, which is months away, five, six months away. So the best outcome which Netanyahu can hope for is uh, a failure of uh, this government in the during the vote of confidence, and then him continuing the prime minister as the prime minister until the next elections are held. So that's what he's been doing for the last two years. you know. So he would prefer to do that. Uh, but on the other side, the possibility is that despite, you know, minor rebellion within the Yamana party. Uh, it's possible that this coalition could go through also because uh, for the joint list, the Arab party, which is not part of the coalition, the joint list has six MKs, of which four have said that they won't be supporting this government, but two are undecided. So hypothetically speaking, even if two Yamana MPs pull back their, withdraw their support for the government, the government could still survive with support from two more Arab MPs. So you have all kinds of possibilities. So the next thing, the obvious thing uh, uh, to happen is the vote of confidence in the Knesset. That is up to the speaker. The current speaker is a liquid guy who is Netanyahu's ally. 
So uh, once he is notified, he can be notified about the new coalition when the parliament convenes. I think the parliament is convening on Monday. So when the parliament convenes, he can be officially notified. And according to the Knesset rules, he can delay the vote uh, by a week. But Lapid wants the vote to take place quickly, within a day or two, so that uh, he could keep, the, keep all the MKs together. But it's up to the speaker. If the speaker delays it, Netanyahu could try to kind of sabotage the coalition. So we, we will see some kind of political drama going forward, for sure. Yeah, it does seem like a situation in which there's uh, still a lot of suspense, still a lot of unsurety about what's actually going to play out and what's going to happen. Yeah. But just to uh, end with Stanley, assuming, uh, let's assume hypothetically that this new coalition succeeds and Netanyahu loses power. Is he still going to be the kind of leader of his party or is his position going to then be under threat? And what is what is what what largely would his political future look like? I think it would be difficult for Netanyahu to, you know, uh, retain the kind of influence he currently enjoys in Israel's politics once he is out of power uh, for a couple of reasons. Primarily, he is facing a corruption trial. So uh, if he remains the prime minister, he could it could still offer him some protection. He could, you know, drive legislation. He could make some crucial appointments, etc., etc. But once you are out of power, you are out of power. And your rivals are going to control the government. So that would be bad. That would be tough for him. He would lose all the immunity. And uh, you see, in the past, Ehud Olmert, the Kadima leader, he lost his political future after he was implicated in corruption scandals, etc., etc. And also after the 2006 attack on Lebanon went wrong. Uh, so it's possible that Netanyahu's influence would be uh, majorly diminished, scuttled, uh, because of this corruption scandal once he's out of power. And secondly, if your influence is diminished, your leadership within the party could be questioned. In 2019, Netanyahu's leadership was actually challenged by another Likud leader. Unsuccessfully, though, he was still the most powerful leader within Likud. But if you are no longer the most powerful leader within Likud, you could be challenged. Your leadership could be challenged. Because within, within Likud, there is a push for a leadership change. Because Netanyahu has been, you know, he became first-time prime minister in the 1990s. So for decades, Netanyahu is the Likud party. So, uh, I think because of these reasons, uh, we could at least say that uh, Netanyahu's influence would no longer be the same once he is out of power. All right. Stanley, we, <clears throat> sorry. All right. Stanley, we'll wrap up this episode here. Always fascinating to speak to you, to learn from you about these political developments in the Middle East. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Uh, we'll see you again soon. Thank you. Thank you, Jay. Thanks for hosting. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.